Hello and welcome to Propnex, the property podcast about all things related to the future of real estate. I'm delighted that you've joined me today. My name is Gavin Morgan, your host. If you'd like to know a little bit more about me, please check out www.propnex.com. That's P-R-O-P-N-X.com. Or drop me a line if you'd like to chat privately on Gavin R. Morgan at propnex.com. That's G-A-V-I-N-R-M-O-R-G-A-N at propnex.com. Justin Siegel, um, thank you very much for joining us today on the Propnex podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Justin, maybe we can kick off today. Uh, you can perhaps give us a little introduction to yourself, your role, and what you're doing at the moment, please. Sure. Um, I'm uh, the president of Boxer Property. We're a privately held commercial real estate company. We own and manage office buildings, hotels, retail properties, some other asset types um, around the United States. We were founded in 1992 and um, we have uh, a bunch of people and a bunch of properties and a bunch of things going on. Many of which are related, Justin, around the uh, technology uh, side of the business. And I know from my experience of working with you that you've been involved in some of the most impressive technology projects as they relate to real estate that I've seen, uh, certainly through my time in the industry. Uh, Kick us off with something that you've seen in the industry that has made a big impact or that has really impressed you, technology that drives value in property. Yeah, I think that that there's so many opportunities to talk about very specific, you know, point solutions or or specific interventions with technology. But I want to take a step back and just say that the thing that has really made a difference to us is having information that is available when and where you need it. And the Mm -hmm. mastery of data, the mastery of information about not just our properties, but our people, our processes, um, the the various pieces of equipment, uh, the metadata. Once those things are under control and available throughout the organization, we've been able to execute on some pretty interesting strategies. Anything more specific you want to share on that? Sure. I think you know we started with this concept of of having the ability to operate in a data rich environment mm-hmm. uh, to have information guide us in our decision making processes. And we wound up using uh, Brava systems and a variety of, of configurations of that to bring a common set of information throughout the entire organization. And once we were able to do that, we could start doing things like having systems and algorithms attract our attention to things, to uh, manage by exception, to find outliers, and um, to deploy new systems and approaches throughout the organization very elegantly. And so those kinds of things have allowed us to really focus on the things that need us um, to pay attention to them uh, and to put processes in place that just keep running and keeping the ship on course while we're busy dealing with uh, innovation and things that are, um, that make us special. Thank you. Um, Justin, you mentioned Brava Systems um, earlier in, in the answer. And why will Brava Systems be a core component of the future technology ecosystem um, across a broad range of real estate organizations? 
Well, I think, you know, if you, if you think about how it used to be for personal technology, you know, you would have a, a camera, you would have um, uh, some kind of GPS thing, you'd have a contact holder for those of you old enough to, to kind of remember this. Um, and, and you could fill your pockets or your travel bag with a, with a bunch of different things, each one of which was, you know, good at, you had a music player, you had, um, uh, something to transcribe notes. You had a telephone, of course. What, what happened was the iPhone came along and smartphones in general and started combining these functionalities into one place. And, and each one of those things that you could do with it was able to talk to the others. So you could send somebody a picture and you could, um, you know, track how long it would take you to get to a particular person. And once those things came together into one piece of technology, it really opened up the kind of experience that we have today. And in commercial real estate, there, there are so many different systems and technologies out there, but when you put them together into a configurable dynamic platform that shares common functionality and shares common data, that's what really allows you to do all kinds of things that you couldn't do with a bunch of separate technologies. And Brava has done that for us. Uh, we're a vertically integrated company. We're running uh, a lot of different types of assets, a lot of different processes and departments, and having it all kind of meld together harmoniously is is really what we need in order to stay flexible. And what I think is interesting about Brava Systems, um, Justin, it's you've tweaked and developed and refined, um, worked on any glitches that were in there, and it's fully functioning and operating in a, in a vertically integrated platform, as you said, and it is a key driver of top and bottom line for the organization in its current form, uh, correct? That, that's right. That's right. It's, it's become something, you know, we started in, in one or two different areas and then grew from there, uh, but it's become part of the way in which people operate within the organization. And it's allowed us to do things like, for example, operate our own uh, flexible and collaborative space platform. So we have, uh, we have millions of square feet of that kind of product, and we would never be able to do it without a system like Brava. Yeah. And you talked about everybody being able to use it. A couple of questions on that. One of the biggest goals in those organizations is to get all the data together in one place and then be able to leverage it. I mean, it's such a powerful proposition in the big global real estate organizations. But a key thing um, that I always noticed was the ability to get something in that actually works and does what it says that it's going to do. Um, get the users to adopt it. Again, you've just made reference to the fact that you've clearly been successful with that. And then be able to build on top of what is initially implemented, which is another functionality that I think Brava brilliantly brings to the to the workplace. It doesn't require coders, uh, and people can be easily trained to build functionality on top of the data once the system's in or new uses. Is it, sorry, that's a massive question, but could you just comment on all of that, or would you like me to go through it again? No, I, I, I well, I think you're you're touching on on something that is the kind of dirty little secret of software in, in most cases is that the, the sales process can be a lot of fun. I mean, I guess it depends on who you are, but it, it's all about hope and, and features and can it do this? And it's always like, yes, of course. Yeah. And then, and, and basically 
after the sale comes kind of the the unpleasant realization that in order to make the system work, the organization has to change a lot. And that's for, for I'm, not, I'm not talking about Bravo here, I'm talking about most software products. So what ends up happening is they're massively underutilized because they don't actually fit. It's like buying a pair of shoes that look good, but are really uncomfortable to walk in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and what you end up doing is only wearing them for special occasions. So what what happens with a system like Brava that actually drives adoption and actually lets people in an organization use it is that you can adapt it. And it can be adapted not by a bunch of consultants and not by a, a you know um, uh, an expensive customization process, but by someone who's just taught how to adapt it and do configurations. And whether it's a large organization or a small organization, the people are all the same. And and people want something that's going to make sense to them and that can fit the way that they want to work as opposed to trying to get them to change their behavior. And so that's what, what we've seen as a big part of the success is that we can adapt it to what somebody wants. And you touched on something that I really want to probe on. Um, and again, something I've seen, you, you talked about large and small organizations. Mm-hmm. Mostly when people are buying a technology product, they have a specific solution that they need solved for. Can an organization bring Brava in to fix a problem? And can Brava then grow into the organization on an as-needed basis? Uh, or is it just something that's got to go in in a certain way, and then the organization's got to work around it? No, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that very often what happens is is an organization has an acute need. There's a particular Agreed. function that they need something to fit, especially if it's something that is not anticipated by typical software or is new or is changing rapidly. So, you know, you can bring it in in a particular thing like to deal with maybe managing a sustainability program or doing property inspections or handling, um, you know, kind of a, a help desk for human resources. I mean, there's a list of things that very often are uh, are gaps in companies. But then, of course, once the product is there, it becomes available to do many other things. So it can you can bring it in as some kind of holistic approach or you can bring it in to fit specific gaps that need to be filled. Yeah, and that is key uh, to its adoption, I think. And, uh, you know, I think it's a massive, um, well, it's a massive feature that, that will, will help enormously. Trends that are developing at a rapid rate of knots in the industry that are here to stay. Um, and I wanted to ask you about both of those as they relate to Brava as well. So mm-hmm. technologies that drive sustainability and sustainability practices are going to succeed, I think, enormously because the demand for that, in my view, is just going to grow as we move into the future. Can Brava be a part of an ESG play or a um, or a tool that helps organizations achieve sustainability goals? Absolutely, I, I think there's really three parts of um, three parts of of that desire to think about. One is to to you know the actual interventions that will change uh, the utilization of resources in a company. So, what are the things that we need to do? Um, it could be to um, you know better manage the um, you know the temperature, or it could be to deploy certain uh, you know window coverings, or I mean it could be any number of things. But that's part one: is figuring out what to do. Part two is is implementing those things effectively and tracking them across a portfolio over time. And 
So we can stipulate that there's a lot of smart people out there that know how to find the things that we should be doing, but to to track and maintain and provision and uh, and provide for those things to consistently deliver value in a in a portfolio is really an orchestration problem mm-hmm. in many ways, and and that's something that Brava is really well suited for and good at because you know we come up with a bunch of pilots and a bunch of ideas but how do we actually deploy those things over time uh, and brava can can be that ecosystem to do it and then the last thing which is not to be underestimated is compliance there, there's a huge um, compliance and accountability issue associated with esg and whether you like it or not uh, and particularly if you if you want to substantiate the investments that you've made then managing compliance is a, is a huge requirement. And that's another thing that the system can be deployed for. So we're not trying to, or I should say with Bravo, we're not trying to figure out what exactly everybody should do. It depends on your asset and depends on your municipality and what your philosophy is. But once decisions are made about what to do, then Bravo kicks in to make sure that they're done well consistently over time mm. and, and properly accounted for. Yeah. And again, Justin, you're speaking to one of the great strengths of the system that it's designed to fit where people need it and then expand as necessary if required beyond that, which is really often quite the opposite of what you see with um, technologies like this uh, that are brought to the market. And of course, um, like no conversation about an around an area like this would be complete without a discussion about AI. And I was interested to note that my old firm announced JLL announced their own version of Chat GPT this week, which I think is still a general Chat GPT, but they clearly have aspirations to make it something more bespoke to their customers. Brava Systems has AI capability and developing AI capability at the moment. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the deployment of AI within Brava and then where you would like, what direction of travel that you would like to see from here um, uh, that would enable you to call it a successful deployment uh, within that particular product? Sure. Well, I think, I think that the, the reality of AI is that it's rapidly changing. And so um, what doesn't change is that there has to be information that gets that gets given to the system upon which to act, right? So, where does the data come from that we're going to access, and is there a way to integrate information to bring data from different parts of the organization and to feed that into whatever AI system you're using? And Brava is very good at that because it acts as a data aggregation layer um, and it normalizes data across domains and so forth. Then. The, the other thing that always happens, regardless of what you're doing with AI, is that the AI model provides uh, an answer or a return or some information that comes out of it. And the organization has to have a way of accepting those results and ingesting them and turning them into a, a, a valuable action or a change in behavior or a change in data. And so I think of that as the last mile issue. You know, uh, in the beginning of the story, we have, where's the data coming from? And then at the end, we have, okay, the AI model did its work. How do we receive that? And Brava also is kind of a landing zone for that. And then it has the ability to turn whatever the AI model delivers into a task or 
kick off a workflow or, um, you know, create records, those kinds of things. So I think regardless of, of the actual intervention for AI, handling the, the provisioning of data and the receiving of results is, is really where the value is right now and will be on a long-term basis. Um, as we deploy that in, in Brava, we use it to do a bunch of different things. It could be, for example, um, an algorithm that looks at uh, a lot of different information that we have about customers and returns results about who the managers should go and speak to, uh, for example. Um, another another system that we're working on right now is a summary function where you can point the system to uh, information and it will give you back a summary uh, of that information without going outside of our ecosystem. Right. You know, and the idea about, about summarizing things is great because it could be what's going on in this particular project or it could be what happened with that analysis or you know, what's happening in this, um, uh, in this market. Um, there's, there's more, I mean, the, the list kind of goes on, but I think what we're really looking for at the end of the day um, is, is something that can be applied across an organization and across different contexts as opposed to investing in a very specific thing that only works for, for one particular use. And that's where we're seeing the value is, is the more broad-based um, uh, larger scope types of interventions. Okay. Well, I mean, it will be very exciting to see some of that, not just in action, but adopted and in use. I mean, that pull through that you're talking about of process into tasks and completion will be fantastic. Um, as we kind of head toward the end of today's discussion, I mean, I can't help myself, Justin, but to ask you if there are any outside of some of the game-changing things that we've talked about related to Brava. Um, the next three years, what do you, is there anything that you see happening that you think will be significant, even game-changing for the real estate industry? Well, yeah, I think I think that the decentralization of, of workers is going to continue. Um, and I think that organizations need to figure out how to work with teams, not just remote, but um, that that are distributed widely across different countries, different time zones, um, different languages even. And, you know, we're finding that if you have a good technology stack, um, if you have a good source of information and, and institutional knowledge, then it, it allows you to operate without proximity. Yeah. And we, we used to have proximity as part of our operating program because we would all drive in or, you know, take public transport or whatever to come into the office and we would talk to each other in meeting rooms and around the water coolers. And that kind of tribal knowledge and, and culture was there to help us um, have continuity and knowledge transfer and so forth. And now without those things, we really have to find technology to step in. And it's a lot more than just Zoom or, or, or Teams. Mm -hmm. It's about categorizing things and, and being able to find things without having to ask people um, or to have the system tell you instead of being told. And I think that in, in commercial real estate, not only are the, are the customers or the tenants doing that, but but the real estate companies themselves are going through that kind of transformation, and I think you'll see that 
more and more with the technology coming in to support that decentralization of work. Yeah, Justin and I agree. It's it, the technology is needed now more than ever because I think that transition for real estate operators is it's it's going to make real estate operation a much more capital intensive game moving forward. Uh, you know, we're obviously in a double whammy at the moment as well of sort of a rising interest rate environment, which challenges finances. But uh, te- technology solutions to what you're talking about, I think will be a huge piece of relieving some of the pressure that's on the market around those two key areas at the moment. And it's, I'm also super interested to see where that all tracks in the next three to five years, but it's gonna, it's gonna, we'll need to move at reasonable pace as well. If, if not faster. Yeah. <laughs> so some of it is, you know, I think that the, the companies <laughs> that move at a, at a very rapid pace will be able to maintain and, and take a disproportionate amount of the market share and, Companies that are 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 waiting too long, you know, we'll see people drift away and see knowledge and expertise drift away. Yeah. There, there's. I recall there being a kind of a, a die, like a fabric die, where they had we lost the recipe for it, like it didn't exist anymore. It was used in antiquity, and now we've lost that knowledge. Companies are losing that kind of knowledge as they decentralize and people wander away and. Stuff is is left in file shares and things like that, and the, the companies that are able to um, create a, effectively a digital twin of the company you know, to yeah. to really have a platform will uh, will be able to maintain their focus. I completely agree, and um, yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting space to watch for sure moving forward. So, Justin, just that leaves it with me now to look. Thank you very much for joining us. I mean, I, I personally feel that in Brava Systems, we are talking about a future game changer. When I look at some of the challenges that I've seen in the industry that remain unsolved, it seems to me that we've got something here that really solves a massive gap for so many organizations. It's obviously got real estate in its DNA, but it does have applications so much beyond the industry as well. And I would expect that we'll see it there too in the not too distant future. Well, you, you've seen you've seen it all in all kinds of different companies. So if you if you're seeing it, um, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Well, thank you, and um, thank you again for joining the Propnex podcast. It's been great having you on. Thanks very much, Gavin. I appreciate it. So that's a wrap. It just leaves it for me now to thank you very much for joining us today on the Propnex podcast. I hope that you'll be able to tune in again to a future show as the conversations develop. If you'd like to contact me, please drop me a note on G-A-V-I-N-R-M-O-R-G-A-N at P-R-O-P-N-X dot C-O-M or take a look on the website at www.propnex.com Thanks again for joining us today and I hope to see you on a future podcast. Goodbye.